Hey everyone, welcome back to the OPEX Fitness Podcast, where fitness is explained. I'm your host once again, Robbie Burke, and I'm joined on this episode by Jim Kroll, the CEO of OPEX. On the show, we dive into Jim's background, how Jim got involved with OPEX. We discuss some topics such as mastery, creativity, and fulfillment. Jim gives us his top book recommendations, and I asked Jim the big question, if he could invite five people to dinner, dead or alive, who would he invite and why? Guys, this was a great show with Jim. Stay with us. Jim Kroll, it is a pleasure to have you on. What's the up, Opex, Robbie? The OPEX Fitness Podcast, Fitness Explained. Just starting <laughs> off, Jim, just give us a background um, on yourself uh, and how you came to be part of OPEX. And just for the, the viewers and listeners, Jim is the man with OPEX. He is the CEO. <laughs> He's he's the guy who runs all the operations. James is just the face. He's just James is just <laughs> yeah, right. He's just the face and the guns. Jim Jim's the guy who who holds it all together. No, I appreciate it, Robbie. It's always good to come on, man. I'm mean, really excited for what you're going to do with the podcast. So I'm uh, really me too, just, man. Me too. Like yeah. I've, I've literally been like lying in bed, going, "Oh my god, I'm going to get this guy on, and then I'm going to get that guy on, and I'm going to do this with Jim. It's going to be so I, good." Yeah, I could just hear the excitement every time you send over a guest or an idea for a segment. So no, it's going to be great, man. But I'll, I'll um I'll be a little bit short on this one, or at least try to be short. But um, for me, I'm a bit of a mutt. In, in a lot of different ways. And so the way that I explain that is I've, I've lived all over the United States. I've been in a lot of different lines of work. Um, the thing that's been pretty consistent with me is that I've always been in, in some sort of an athletic endeavor, or I've been in some kind of a coaching endeavor, and I've always been in some kind of a business endeavor. Yeah. So, you know, all roads ultimately lead to some sort of fitness business for me. Um, and so I kind of, you know, I went by way of Penn State. I was a double major in finance and economics at Penn State. I played tennis for the Big Ten men's tennis team there. Wow. Um, and, I, and I really enjoyed everything that college had to offer, as most people did. Um, after that, I actually went into the financial industry and I was a commodities hedge fund trader for five years. So I was trading natural gas, crude oil, all that stuff. I, I saw a lot of super interesting things. Um, you know, through 2005 to 2010. So keep in mind, that's when a couple of big hurricanes went through the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And so yeah. I really started to understand how the quote unquote financial game was really played um, and how that system really runs. And it was were fascinating you, for were me. Were you one of them? Were you one of well, the one percenters? You know, no, I don't know about that. But um, I certainly got to see yeah. what, the, what the world is really run like. So I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. Um, and then in 2008, you know, keep in mind, it was the financial crisis. So I got to see how, you know, we managed our money well, but a lot of other people who were our investors didn't manage their money well. And so I got to see kind of how people started trying to come after their money. You know what I mean? So it was super, super intriguing, you know, intriguing to me just to learn that side of it. But I was really missing the more uh, you know, primal fitness related idea. So I just really got back into fitness. And that's kind of where I came into CrossFit. And I just really enjoyed the idea behind CrossFit. And um, I felt like I was training for something again, I felt athletic again. Um, and I, I got into it big, I was living down in Austin, Texas at the time. And so I got into CrossFit in a big way. Um, ended up opening my own gyms back up in Pittsburgh. That's where I went to high school. So I opened a gym with a buddy of mine back in Pittsburgh. Um, we grew it really fast. This was 2010 to 2014. We grew these gyms 
um, opened a second gym, grew that as well, and, and got back into this idea of wanting to investigate, right? So it's like, I love investigating things, understanding systems, understanding how the world works. Um, and so I just loved investigating fitness and training and went down all the rabbit holes of strength continuums and energy system training and all that stuff. And anything around CrossFit ultimately led back to James Fitzgerald. Like mm. it, it ultimately went back to that point because he was kind of the scientist who was really investigating how all of this stuff worked for each individual person. Yeah. Um, so back in 2012, I talked to Nate Schrader, who was one of James's guys back in the day, really good athlete, good coach. And, and he just goes, just go see James. Um, and so I went out to Arizona. James had just moved from Calgary and I went out and, and met James at OPT back then and uh, really fell in love with the methodology behind how everybody should get in their own program, how it should be a personalized experience, how that's the only way you can really optimize it. And I, I believe it. I believe you can't optimize training unless you are doing what your body, your mind, your soul really needs to do. And so it just really resonated really effectively with me. Um, went back, ended up selling the gyms um, to my business partner. And then I was kind of looking for the next step. But James and Mike had kind of been you know, recruiting me little by little, maybe without even me realizing it. And then I ended up taking a job with OPEX to be a coach um, back in 2014. So I moved down in 2014. Um, my now wife came with me, so it was great. And I, I coached for I don't know. I like to joke. I coached for about 15 minutes and then I realized how much I wanted to do on the business side. I just, I saw a lot of opportunity for OPEX on the business side. Um, and so I kind of just started tinkering honestly. And you know, what, James isn't going to stop me, right? It's like, I'm just doing nothing but trying to help grow the business. So I just started building and building and building and building. And that led into a lot of different ideas that led into some new people that led into some new initiatives. And then kind of over time, I um, kind of carved out this path, you know, to what's now called the CEO position and um, has just been really enjoying watching OPEX grow. I mean, I think it's a really cool idea. I still completely buy into what James is talking about from a personalized fitness yeah. experience. And um, it's just about getting that message out to as many people who are on the same page as we can. And that's what we're doing. So that was, that was a short answer. <laughs> yeah, that's a short one. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim, that's, that's uh, fantastic. And I never, never knew. So Penn State, where, where are you from originally though? Um, so I'm kind of from all over, but I went to high school in Pittsburgh, um, spent a lot of time in Detroit, Michigan, spent some time in Austin, wow. Texas, Columbus. Um, like, grown up as a teenager or was this post high school and just moving around? Um, growing up was California, New Jersey, Michigan, <laughs> twice, Pennsylvania. You are a mud. Yeah, man. I was in college. My folks moved again. Um, and then after college, I went to Columbus, then to Austin, then back to Pittsburgh. Now I'm in Scottsdale. So I've kind of been all Sweet. over the U.S. Uh, my wife jokes around a lot that I don't go outside of the U.S. enough, but I'm trying to uh, change that. I'm going to Manchester in a couple of weeks with James and the crew. So, Oh, you, uh, you're going to be in Manchester? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah we'll might, do something live <laughs> i might pop over yeah yeah that's that's it we'll talk about that offline maybe that'd yeah, be incredible sure. but uh man that is uh I, I suppose like this is this is brilliant just um like to, to know i never knew that that you lived in so many places like could you pin down a favorite place out of all those 
Ooh, um, it's, it's different phases of life. That's for sure. Um, but I I really, I really enjoyed Austin, Texas, just as a city, as a people. Um, I, I like Scottsdale a lot, but for me, I'm a pretty simple creature, man. Like, um, you know, I, I just got done with my MBA and, and when I did that, it was like, I was so zoned in on the same thing that I really realized how much of a creature of habit I was. Yeah. So from a, from a, like, as long as I'm doing something work wise and as long as my wife's happy, it's like, I don't need to do a, a bunch of things, right? Like I want to, I want to zone in and understand a couple things really, really yeah, wow. deeply. You that's, know, so that's, me, that is, sorry to cut across, but that is for anyone who's watching this and I think that is gold and, you know, I've spoken to Mike Boyle just recently and um, you just you just mentioned something just there and I think it, it's another profound thing. You just said it there and I don't think you realize how profound it was, but you were like, you just said, as long as my wife is happy, you know, so <laughs> yeah. you're, 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 and I don't mean that, I don't mean that in a, in a jokingly sarcastic way. I, I mean that what that reflects to me is, you know, you understand the importance of balance because if you want to be in this for the long game, I mean, balance is, is key, like in every aspect of life. And we'll definitely whether it's me or you or James or Mike Ban or Mike Lee or, or, or Brian or, or Sean, whoever's going to be on or, or Shaman, for instance. Um, like we're definitely going to talk about how important life balance is when it comes to longevity and the long game within, within the fitness journey. But uh, I think those are two key points, you know, having balance saying that, you know, you want a healthy relationship there with your wife and, um, and just also saying, being able to stay focused on, on a few key things. Cause I, I think a lot of us, I'm sorry to cut across. It just it just resonated with me, to be honest, Jim, what you just said there. Because lately, I've been really sort of deeply within myself, even trying to just like get, understand what fulfillment is truly about. You know, so there's been a few like opportunities that kind of came up for me in terms of like coaching positions, and you know, they all look great from the outside, and the glitz and the glamour. And then like when I kind of peeked my head in and looked on what was going on, I was like, like it looks great from the outside, but what I'm seeing with the people in there doesn't scream fulfillment or happiness and you know lately i've just been taking fulfillment out of like the simple things like literally and you may well some people may laugh at this but i I have a feeling that you'll understand what i mean like i was literally just walking through the park the other day sun is shining walking reading my kindle and i was just like i stopped i was like what more do you want yeah like there's people in countries that would give anything to have this moment right now like just the freedom of just be able to walk in the sun read a book feel the breeze and it's just like everything you need is here it's already here like sorry i know that's completely gone off no no i think i think there's a lot of truth to it man i think um i I actually just finished a book this morning and one of the notes that don't give me another book my show notes notes are all long right now I'm just going to give you an idea in it. So, um, oh, no, do give me, do give me the book though. Do give me the book. It, well, so the, the book is called the fish who ate the whale. Um, oh, it, it. it's a Ryan holiday, you know, he likes it. Right. And so, um, so I just thought it was an interesting book. Um, and the, the point that I want to make in it though, is that there was a section that really talked about how PR people really kind of push the messages of a few key individuals, companies, governments, whatever, and the rest of the world is kind of just a pawn to what those messages are. Um, And there's a whole book around it, right? So I'm just talking about one point, but the interesting part behind it is if you can take that idea and say, well, maybe all of this extra stuff or extra, you know, these different things that people are doing 
to just pass the time, quote unquote, maybe that isn't real fulfillment. You know, so for me, I'm certainly going to be one who people from the outside are going to look at and say, well, he works a lot. Well, okay, but I'm not doing it because I feel like I have to. I'm doing it because I really am intrigued by what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that I would keep doing anything if I wasn't that intrigued. Now, let me go to the flip side of that and say, you have to work. Like this whole notion that people just are fulfilled 24 seven, that's garbage. Like you're never going to be fulfilled 24 seven, right? Like you're going to have to go through challenging times. You're going to have to be pushed. Um, but I think as long as you're doing something that long term, you're interested in investigating, you're interested in digging into that to me is, is a version of fulfillment, you know? So like I might be doing 15 different things for OPEX at one given time, but then, you know, I've been joking with my friends for the last 10 weeks, I've been digging into like monetary policy and banking and currency and all this stuff just because I just think it's freaking interesting. Like I think the world runs on this stuff. Yeah. So I think as long as you're, you know, James has the, the hashtag, right? Teach, learn, move, create. And I think there's a lot of truth behind the idea. If you are teaching, learning, moving and creating every day, you're going to be in a pretty good spot. You know, so I think that a lot of people miss one, two, three, or even four of those things. And they're just going through life, you know, scrolling on social media or whatever. It's like, that's not living. But you know, I, so I, I think, I think the fourth word there in terms of, uh, in terms of James's um, hashtag, you know, create and creativity are just, there's such a huge thing. And, and like the mastery that goes with creativity. And, and again, you just touched on a beautiful point there saying that, listen, it isn't a whole bed of roses. Like, it's not like you're going to love every single second of it. But I, I think that there is a distinction to be made between grinding where you don't want to do it. You're telling yourself, I have to. And, and like Paul Check had a great saying one time. He said, have to are the, the words of a child. He says, whereas want to is somebody who's mature and has a bit of wisdom behind them. And there are going to be times where it'll be frustrating, but if it really is your true vocation, it's still going to fascinate you every second. Like, yep. uh, like there's times even with my college work right now and I'm doing my master's strength conditioning and I've had these conversations with James, like where like, I'm, you know, like you're digging research and the essay assignments getting frustrating because you feel like you've got, you feel like you've done all this reading, it's got nowhere, but you just know if you just keep going, dots will connect. And like, I, I keep telling, I keep telling, like I've done these essays and like the topics like are in the grand scheme of the universe, like they're like, <laughs> They, like they're nothing like you know really yeah. but but the fulfillment they actually got out of connecting dots and, and and bringing an essay into creation that had never existed before saying this is this is my own original work because what what i do in, in my writing process actually because i get a lot of friends saying do you want to see my, my like my essay or all this and i'm like i don't because what happens subconsciously is i'll start to copy you and i don't want that i want to be original so like uh, like a just what I'm trying to say is you can get fulfillment out of such simple things. Like yep. if it's something that you truly 100% put your own like heart and soul into something, you're like, you know, I made this, even if it's like a 3000 word essay on like how a power clean translates to acceleration or whatever it is. That's why you're talking about, you, you just were saying that you're fascinated with like monetary and economic systems. Like I think if, if you bring the likes of me, yourself, James, a Mike Boyle, a Stu McMillan, a Dan Pfaff, all of us could sit down, watch MasterChef, and all of us would enjoy it. And the, yeah. reason, and the reason behind that is, is because the underpinning thing behind being a MasterChef, a musician, a poet, 
a coach, which is what we are going to talk big time on this podcast about because we're trying to facilitate growth through coaching, is that all that's underpinned by mastery and creativity. It's just that people express it through different means. And uh, I think if people can grasp that, that principle, it would really start to open up people's views and things and maybe then facilitate them to find their calling in life. Yeah, uh, two things come to mind when you say that, and they're such small things, but they're hitting exactly on the point that you're making. Um, yesterday, every every Sunday, again, creature of habit, right? Like every Sunday, I go. I run. have a Sunday routine too. Yeah, you know, I, I go run. There's this Gateway Trail. It's you know four or five miles of kind of mountain running, and it's super rocky. There's all kinds of garbage, you know, rocks in there. And yesterday, I finished it. And I was like, I didn't have one stumble you know what I mean like there's always a stumble in there somewhere and I was just like "Ooh, that's really interesting that I didn't have a stumble so I kind of replayed the whole run I'm like why didn't I have a you know so I'm kind of digging in and that got me thinking um one of the one of my favorite kind of subtle movie lines ever was from the movie The Last Samurai where remember Katsumoto right when he's about to die he looks at the flowers and he just goes perfect you know he just looks at it and it's like it was the perfect bloom yeah. And I'm just thinking it's like, it's the small things. If you can really understand what you see inside of them, that's fulfillment, right? Cause like, I might like learning about monetary policy. You might think it's ridiculous. Like if, if you don't care about it, but the idea of the investigative process and going down the rabbit hole and the energy that it brings up. So for example, my wife's investigating a whole heck of a bunch of stuff. She's getting, she has her law degree and now she's getting a master's in law. You know, so it's like she's going down the rabbit hole. But when she talks about the rule of law and governments, when she talks about humanitarian law, it's just like you're engrossed because yeah. she's so intrigued by it. Like, I don't understand 12% of it, yeah. you know, but but she's so intrigued by it that, you know, somebody like that, you can get excited for, right? Yeah, you know, so I, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I'm just uh, like, this is going to be a podcast episode in itself, but if so be it but uh we'll, we'll wrap up without a bit of it this is just brilliant uh, this makes you so excited for future episodes but uh <laughs> what i was going to say was uh, i know exactly what you mean because two things in that is um because i've experienced that with other people like where where literally someone's just talking with someone and i can see like just the passion in their eyes and you're just engrossed and then the second thing is for about four years ago I, I did like my own sort of it was like a uh, um, online um, mentorship so it's it's still out there like you know I'm like camera crew and they filmed the whole thing it was four days long and like at the end of the four days like the camera crew were just like we've learned so much about film <laughs> we were just like you were just like so in the zone and you were just it was like like they were like, you're talking about things that like are pretty like I'm talking about pretty in-depth things you know from a scientific training perspective but they were just like you, you were like just like you were like so like just the, the energy of it and they're like we wanted to know more even though like yeah. you told us like at the start of this whole thing like oh we are, we're filming like, a training course or like oh we're filming a training course and then they're just by the end of like they were just like they were like saying like alactic and I know what alactic means and lactic because you were just like and you know explosive med ball trolls and program design and acceleration angles and they were just like so I know exactly what you mean it's so funny well, I think, I think coaches, they miss the mark, right? They, you know, some coaches are one side or the other, meaning they're either all intellectual or they're all hype. Mm. You know, it's like, you've got to find a happy medium where you can engage and intrigue an audience Absolutely. if you want the most to. I don't care if you're talking as an instructor to a coach or if you're talking as a coach to a client. Yeah. 
your clients have to get intrigued by this process, right? I don't care if they're training hard. I don't care if they're an athlete, if they're a fitness enthusiast, it doesn't matter, right? They have to be intrigued by what they're doing and they have to connect what they're doing in and out of the gym. It's, you know, so, again, it's, it's so funny you say that because again, there's, there's so much truth in that because like I'd say anybody listening to this or watching this can, can relate to that in some way. So for the American listeners, think about high school. And then for like the UK Irish listeners, think about like secondary school for us. Like we all had like the teachers where there was that one teacher and they were just so boring and they made the topic hell. And then you had another teacher and they were unreal at teaching. And it could have been the most mundane topic ever, ever. Like, and it's, it's, and you can see that too when you meet friends who are like, oh, I loved history in school. And you're like, oh, I hated history. And it usually is because the teacher they had, you know? Yeah. Like when you get that teacher who like just loved history and like some guys had a great science teachers, you know, so they would like, you get these science teachers they, and they teach Newton's laws through like, they get the class up and they do things. And, it'd be, and then you get other people and they just read off the textbook and it's just like, oh. oh. So well, like, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I um, I hated reading as a kid. I hated it. Um, and as I go back as an adult, not only do I love to read and I love to listen to Audible, etc. Yeah. But if somebody, when I was a kid, if somebody would have reframed reading and yes. said, "Imagine what you could learn from this book." I would have been all in. Exact same. You know, but it's just like, just go read this. It's like, why? Why do yeah. I want to read I know. this? <laughs> it's, the sa- it's the same with me with maths and physics now. I'm like, why? Why wasn't I told how important this was? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, how actually, how actually, it isn't actually that complicated to get fundamental, the, a grasp of fundamentals of maths and physics, but it's because our first exposure to it. And it's so funny because I was talking, when I was talking to Mike Banner yesterday, I was, t- I was telling him that, I've been reading all these books on uh, skill acquisition. Oh and, yeah, and uh, yeah, and I don't know if you're talking to James. James is all over because I, I I literally showed James these books and he's like, put that back up, and he's like, order. <laughs> like he he literally <laughs> ordered while we were talking. Like he just, <laughs> but there's this one here, so it's called uh, nonlinear pedagogy and skill acquisition. Oh yeah, and in the last chapter, Jim, it's oh, it's amazing how our emotions affect our learning. And uh, it talks about like, again, your first exposure to something and how like important that is to like how you then relate to your ability to do that task later on in life. So again, like our first exposure to, to uh, like, so like they're talking about like skill and sport and stuff. So like, I mean, anyone who's this is a coach in the gym, that's why it's always very crucial to, to really take time with a beginner in the gym. But like, just going back to like your school, like your first exposure to maths or science, like if it's not good automatically you have that like as Tony Robbins say basically a bullshit story in your subconscious saying I'm not good at maths I'm not good at science where it's like yep. you are if you just like if if you if you if you just were exposed to a different way like same with me what when you just said about reading if someone had told me when I was oh 12 13 14 game changer yeah you're but like you're going to be an like an, 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 an avid reader as an adult I'm like I never read books and like, yeah. I'm, I'm I don't know about you but you ever look around and you're like why don't people read books? I don't get it now. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I know we got to go here in a minute, but yeah. um, what's really interesting is, you know, I, I played tennis at a pretty high level, but the honestly, the only reason why I chose tennis, I was lucky enough to be just athletically gifted, but, yeah. Yeah. but the only reason I chose tennis is because when I was 16, I found a couple of really good coaches. Mm. Just lucked out. I just lucked out. And yeah. I spent the next two years with them and they prepped me to play at a much higher level. You know, had I not, I just would have played at the high school level and been fine. And that would have been it. 
you know, but there's just so many people out there that, you know, we can go down so many rabbit holes on this one, but there's so many people out there who just don't get exposed to somebody who can open their mind up to what could be, or they don't have a growth mindset or, you know, they're just not thinking in that way. And it's really unfortunate because there's a lot of talent out there that just never really comes about. And, and I mean, and as you know, and as I know, and, and just for the people watching and listening, this project has been in the works for a few months now. So we are so like, I mean, I, like, I am so excited about this, this podcast and this video oh, cast. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, and the reason why I said it right now is because that's exactly one of our main missions is to expose people to something that could trigger something in them that may change a, a subconscious thought or a limiting belief. It, and it may be, it may be the, 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 the spark that ignites the flame. And, you know, that's what we're always trying to do here at OPEX in terms of, you know, facilitating that process through fitness, through the journey that is fitness and, and to help people grow as individuals. And, you know, a, a word or a wording I love is just self-actualization and the means that we're using here at OPEX is, is through fitness. So, I mean, that resonates with me. And I know we got to go here, but real quick, what book or books are you reading right now? And what book, the Tim Ferriss question, I'm stealing it from you, Tim. What book, <laughs> what book do you give away as a gift to a person? Yeah, so uh, this morning I finished The Fish Who Ate the Whale. That was a really good story on um, the banana industry, actually, of all things, and how it came to be in United Fruit and everything. It was a cool oh, story. I know that story. I know that. I've seen a documentary on it. Very interesting. And, and the, I already downloaded the next book. It's called Currency Wars. So I don't know that too many coaches will be too fired up about that one. But, but certainly on the business side, um, a book that I often talk about is The Lean Startup. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that plays in a lot more industries than just technology or whatever. I think a lot of businesses could have a lot of success with that. And then I go to the flip side. Um, and uh, actually, Megan Sweet recommended this to me not that long ago, but a book called Trust Me, I'm Lying. Um, and that's another Ryan Holiday book. The reason why I say that, those two together, is because a lean startup gives you a good framework to build something on. And Trust Me, I'm Lying gives you a good framework to say, how do I sift through all the bullshit that's out online right now, that's in blogs, that's in the news media? How do I sift through all of it? and create a narrative and a story that I can get out into the world. Or if you don't even want to get a narrative out, how can you understand what narratives are actually out so that you can have a different perspective on it? So those would be the, uh, the books that I would say right now. These change decently often for me though, because I kind of like to tinker around with a bunch of stuff. Same. Uh, I think I think all of us who are going to be on this podcast, we all have some like book ADD. But uh, I, last year, actually when I was in Arizona, um, when I was at Altus and, and when I got to spend some time at OPEX, I, I read Holiday's Obstacles Away and that was a fabulous book too. Yeah, so that's I a good I have, one. Yeah, I have Ego's The Enemy too, so I much read that. But uh, final question, Jim, very final one. This is the one I, I, I'm going to ask all the guys. We're going to dinner uh, and you can invite five people to this dinner, dead or alive, because I've got magical powers. I'm going to be Jesus Christ for just one night. Uh, wow. <laughs> I need to get the beard though. I need to get the beard. Yeah. But uh, for my next trick, I'm going to do Amanda in five seconds. <laughs> yeah. But uh, who are you going to bring to this dinner and why? Five people, dead or alive. Wow. Okay. Um, that is such a good question. It is a good question. 
<laughs> so I, I, I would. So I'm, I'm thinking about the framework in my mind right now. I'm thinking about two to three who are alive and two to three who are dead to combine the perspective from old to new. You, you've uh, got such a structured mindset. Me and James oh, say this all the time. We're like, Jim, he's like, so like, boom, boom, boom. Everything's all right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. So these are just coming to my mind just fresh. So, yeah. um, and don't look too deeply into are they good, bad. I think it would just be yeah, yeah like listen, it, 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 yeah. like I, this would be dynamic. I'd ask you tomorrow it could be five different people. So this yeah, I'm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go John D Rockefeller number Ooh. one. Yeah, um, to understand what the world was like as he kind of built out the entire oil industry. I, I I've taken you seen the men who built America. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good one. And I've, I've read Titan. So Titan is a really good book on Rockefeller. Mm. Um, I would probably pick, um, you know, this is an interesting one. I think that I would pick Obama and Trump um, okay. because I think that it would be fast. Like let's, let's, let's put all the cards on the table. If truth was actually being discussed, like what's going on behind the scenes, I would, I could just sit back and throw popcorn in my mouth for hours listening to what's being done and why they're doing it. Um, I think that'd be super interesting. No, we, we, we are having dinner. I, I will get you dinner. You don't have to just. Yeah, yeah right. So, so I'll, I'll eat some sort of gluten-free concoction, right? Um, <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, and then, so I've got two more. I would love, um, you know, I'm kind of thinking more recent. So I, I'm, I'm probably thinking about this not well enough. But I think it'd be really interesting to speak to Theresa May right now uh, to understand, nice. you know, her take on Brexit and to understand what her people, you know, are expressing to her in the public and also behind closed doors. Because I think that that's such an interesting thing. And it's also tied together so interestingly with Obama, Trump, et cetera. Absolutely. And then let me go, let me go back a ways, maybe. Um, I might have to say somebody like Genghis Khan. Really? I don't think yeah. anyone said Kangas Kong to me before. I've only yeah. ever watched a little bit about him before. Yeah, so I'm I'm learning more about Genghis Khan, but uh certainly extremely interesting and intriguing history there, but also there's a lot that would say that he's one of the only rulers, dictators, whatever, that has created societies that have succeeded after he left. Yeah. So um, I think that would be an interesting five. No, Jim, listen, that was absolutely fantastic. I, I can't wait to have you on more. This is going to be so good. Thanks so much, Robbie. This was great, man. All right. Signing off. See you, dude. See ya.